Hello and welcome to Gilmore Everything with me, Ariane Larivière. I'm a junk food lover and a Gilmore Girls obsessed punk pop artist. In this podcast, I'll show you how to know yourself better thanks to pop culture references because there's a reason we like what we like. We'll talk about my favorite artists to uncover why I love them so much and what's to learn from that. So you can do it too. If you're a pop culture junkie, a Gilmore Girls fan, someone who wants to live a more authentic life, or all of the above, keep listening. Oh, and I might swear a little, you know, a reasonable amount. So we're going to talk about Andy Warhol. I love him. I've always liked him, like since I discovered him when I was a teenager. And we are gonna analyze why I love him so much. And, you know, you're going to learn about him a lot through learning. Oh, that's the dog. Through learning uh, what we have in common. You know, the artists, singers, celebrities you love the most, especially, I thought about that today, especially the ones that you're the only one who likes them around you. You know, your friends, your family, they don't know who they are or they didn't really get into obsessing over them like you did. These people or... It could not be people. It could be books or movies too. Chances are you love them because you relate to them. And if you relate to them, if you analyze them deeper, you can understand a lot of things about yourself. You can get to know yourself better through going deep. You relate to them. You see something in them or you feel something that you you can also feel within yourself. And that's that's what we're going to do today. I'm going to show you how I do it. Basically, I go through all the books, the movies, the documentaries I can find about the person. I take notes. I highlighted like a motherfucker these days. <laughs> I actually went through two highlighters. And I took my notes for this podcast going back to those books and seeing what I highlighted. And that's how I figured things out. You might not know what it is that you like about something or you might not know what it is that you relate to. That's why the more you get to know yourself, the more you'll understand why you love the things you love and vice versa. So it's going down the rabbit hole of the things you love the most, even if you don't know why. That's the mistake I made. I had no idea why. And so I stopped being obsessed with these things. But Now I'm realizing it's silly. I want to be a pop artist. That's what I want in life. And I sort of knew when I was a teenager, I was looking at Andy Warhol. I was looking at Lady Gaga. There's also Frédéric Becbédé. He's a French author. I love his books. Whenever there's one coming out, I'm freaking out and running to the bookstore. And he's a pop artist. I thought about this this week, actually. All my artists make sense in a sort of pop way the it's like it's good art it's good stuff it's not like a silly singer that doesn't even write their songs you know that'd be debatable if they're real artists maybe they can sing but they, they don't have the deep thing creativeness that they that an artist would need they might have it but they're not using it or something but the ones that i'm all i've always been obsessed with they're good artists they have the thing deep down But it's pop. It's popular things becoming something else. And that's what I'm going to talk about, actually. What is pop art in a bit? But I thought I'd go on this tangent about the fact that... Just to explain how you can get to know yourself through the things you love. And it might 
not be obvious the first time around. And that's what I want to sort of, that's sort of my message here is don't make the same mistake I did wasting 15 years, not knowing you want to be a pop artist. And it was actually right there all along. You just had to follow the breadcrumbs, the clues, and they were there. <laughs> I just missed them all. And yeah, so that's my message for today. After what is pop art, I'm going to list all the ways Andy and I are very similar. And that's why I related to him in the first place. But yeah, let's start with what's pop art. It's yeah, it's going to be different for a lot of people, I guess. I'm going to be super vague here. Uh, it's going to be a super personal definition of don't worry too much about it. That's my definition. It doesn't have to be the textbook definition. That That's what it is for me. And that's important, I think, because... I never thought about it. I never asked myself what it is for me. And it might have to do with why I didn't realize it was so important to me. And it's what I want to do with my life. <laughs> so, yeah, it doesn't matter if it's not the actual definition. It's mine. And I think it's interesting in that way because it helps me get to know myself better. That's what's the important thing about this if you don't understand it it's okay I that's the thing I didn't either <laughs> until now that I really sat down and thought about it I didn't know why I loved it I didn't know I didn't have a definition for pop art at all and yeah that that's the fun thing right now so to me pop art is the love of things Andy once said you need to let the little things that would ordinarily bore you suddenly thrill you So sorry about my pronunciation of ordinarily. <laughs> sorry about that. You got it, right? You need to let the little things that would normally bore you suddenly thrill you. He meant it's appreciating the mundane. It's because let's be frank. Most of the time, that's all there is. Mundane days and things. So it's the art of making those things even more real and potentially more interesting. Pop artists will take what's pop popular was popular and create art with it that's pretty much the gist you'll put it in your face exactly what life is so in the case of uh, other pop artists there's Roy Lichtenstein <laughs> he was uh, making art out of comics Jasper Jones was making art out of actually I'm listing painters in this case but like I said earlier pop is everywhere is many type of artists but Jasper Jones, it was flags, letters, and numbers, things that you see everywhere. He was making uh, paintings with it. And Andy Warhol's celebrities and food brands item, like the Campbell soup can. So those are all things that we see everywhere anyways. And they were making art out of it, so we would see them even more. And by making art out of it, they were making us realize that these things were ubiquitous. So even more of it everywhere. Andy often said that his work didn't mean much. I guess you could say that's true. It's just like here in your face. That's what life is. Just pointing out real life and that's it. It could be just that. But isn't that what artists usually do? <laughs> pointing out what's going on in the world. They describe with emotions the time they live in. So Andy, I think for me, The difference is he just made it cool too. He made it glamorous and accessible. He made it easy to reproduce because, for example, serigraphy is not a super hard technique. 
I did it in high school, to be perfectly honest. And he wasn't even making all of them himself. That's why his studio was called The Factory, because he had people helping him all the time. So he made it easy to make, accessible. He made it not abstract. He made it in-your-face art. Not, it's not even hard to understand what it is. It's just a soup can or, you know, Marilyn Monroe. Or he did also accidents, like real-life accidents. He would take a photo from a newspaper or something or a magazine like a car crash photo and reproduce it in with serigraphy so it, it was easy to reproduce in many many different ones he made it about what's popular also and it so it was easy to love it was easy to understand it was easy to love by many people they would get it or they wouldn't <laughs> they'd be like well it's just a can of soup which is also fine i think a lot of his appeal it was his persona the whole lifestyle that he created that was fun to follow he had all these beautiful people around him famous people and they would be famous for just being themselves like Katie Sedgwick I talked about her the other day so he became famous and rich that's important <laughs> he became rich because we wanted to know what was going on with him yeah it's it's totally cool that he became rich There's no problem with that. It's like the starving artist myth. It's bullshit. It's like why it's so annoying. Artists should thrive and make more art and the world will be better. And, you know, the, in one of the books I read about him, he said once he did a commercial, something really marketing oriented, not so artsy, but he said yes because he had to pay for the factory, you know, to have the lights on and to pay rent. And so he said yes. So he could keep going. He could keep doing the thing that he loves that changed the world in this case. And so there's nothing wrong with it. And so to wrap up, I'd say pop art is easy. It's fun. It's simple. And it's not dramatic. And I'd say for all those reasons, I love it a lot. It's Yeah, I'm hoping I'm all these things. Easy, fun, simple, not dramatic. So that's my definition of pop art. Let's move on to all the ways me and Andy are very similar because I'm that cool. So like I said earlier, when you relate to anything, when you relate, you feel less alone. And when you feel less alone, you feel better overall. You feel happier. And, you know, that's a no-brainer. But sometimes you need to be reminded these things. And... Just adding that relating to my favorite people that ever walked the earth is quite satisfying. You should try it. My point is people you don't, you might not know in person, but they're your favorite people anyways, because they were inspiring or whatever they were. They were the people that you're interested in. So here's all the ways Andy Warhol and I are very similar. In my research and by observing him, I have noticed that he's shy, friendly, usually smiling, contradictory, not comfortable talking about himself, but completely fascinated by his own life. <laughs> He wrote two biographies about himself. I love to write my diary. I even love to share it. I find my own life immensely fascinating. <laughs> um, all things that we have in common. He also was dedicated and enthusiastic both things I've been told I was many times. People used to tell him he loved everything and was a very good public. Um, 
I've been told that very like many times also. I'm a really good public. If you tell me a good joke and I like it, um, I'm going to laugh longer than everybody else. And I'm going to laugh again if you tell me later. Yeah, very good public. I'm not super picky. I can find things I like in a lot of different things. Uh, for example, he enjoyed churches and supermarkets, high art and Disney. And any whatever band he just stumbled upon, um, he would like them. He was a collector of silly trinkets and also renowned works of art. He just loved everything with no judgment. I don't feel any snobism from him at all. He would just go about life enjoying things, not judge anything, not be a judger of anything. Or maybe he was a judgy person, but that's, it doesn't come across I think he was just cool and non-judgmental, which was could be a weird combination. <laughs> he um, also another thing. He often said that each person should do what they want, and that's my motto in life. It's always been live and let live. I could never understand things like bullying or homophobia. I obviously for many reasons, but. In particular, the need to stop someone from doing something that changes absolutely nothing in your own life. It makes no sense. I don't understand. Just let them be. Just do your own thing. I mean, I know bullying sometimes comes from jealousy or, you know, things like that. But that's no excuse for being mean. And my point being that other kid in school is doing nothing to you, absolutely nothing. They just exist and you decide that you don't like them because they don't wear Nike or something or they're, they have less money or that's to total bullshit. You could just ignore them. You don't even have to talk to them. <laughs> and you do. That, that Yeah, I will never understand that, but moving on. Andy was gay. And so I'm sure he had motives to say things like that, like actual experience in his life. But I think it was just like deep down in his core personality. Um, live and let live. Just let everyone do their things. I think for him, it came more from the, the fact that he's interested in everything, that he, he likes everything and he, he enjoys people trying things out and he enjoys discovering new things. So you would never tell someone not to do something, even if it's weird, even if it's different. I think that's where it comes from. It just came from within. It just came from his personality that he was just born with. And that's how I feel about mine too. I didn't need to see bullying in the world to be like, I mean, I don't care what you guys do. <laughs> it's just, I don't care. And I'm interested in, you know, it's, it's both. And I think that's um, that's a very, very powerful way to live your life. People should just do whatever they want to do as long as it doesn't hurt anyone. That's also something I would add. And I would add to that, if you let go of what other people are doing, you know, you just let them live. You can focus on your own life. That's the living part of live and let live. <laughs> you can do the, the actual living part. If you let people do what they want, it means you can too. It means you deserve it too. It means you won't let them bully you. You won't let them stop you from doing whatever you want, even if they do bully you or tell you that you shouldn't or whatever. 
and and that's just wonderful it's it, anyone is happy everyone is happy in this scenario you know i i sometimes find it weird i have to i feel the need to explain such logical things but that's also why i, I you know you go about life you stumble upon things and you experience things and you learn that bullying exists for example you need role models you need to know about people who agree with you because you're always gonna find the opposite too in the world it's that weird even if live and let live is the most logical thing to you it's not the way other people live their life and it can be confusing when you see contradictory information that's why it's important to go deep and learn about the people that you relate with so you don't get confused so you know what you're standing for and you can keep going basically i love that about him there's also another thing his clumsiness <laughs> his art was quite clumsy i relate to that as well i'm physically clumsy but i also like imperfect things so Sometimes it might not be that he was clumsy, but his paintings weren't perfect. He liked that they weren't all the same. He was doing like a chain thing of repeating the Statue of Liberty like a hundred times, but he didn't want them to be all the same. So some of them were smudgier, paler colors. So it's imperfect and I, I like that. I never want my things that I make to be perfect either so it can be drawings paintings photos you know i find it sillier uh just prettier just more touching it bugs me when something is too perfect uh abstract images and you know yeah smudgier images and crooked lines and shapes him it was uh partially a lack of professionalism he just didn't care that much <laughs> uh not so much clumsiness it, it was you know intentional intentional slash laziness and it also made sense with his concept of uh, travail à la chaîne quickly made factory art another thing that he he once said something like he was never fully in the present moment because he enjoys checking things off a list or he enjoys finishing something so the last bite of an ice cream cone <laughs> He enjoys the feeling of finishing. So he's never in the moment because he's looking forward the end. So he said that, you know, casually. But I actually couldn't relate more. It's a little sad. I do struggle to be in the present moment exactly for the same reason. I can't wait to scratch things off my list. It's kind of dumb. I'm looking forward to, you know, a bucket list. It, it, you, you can't go about a bucket list like that. Like, oh, I want to see the pyramids in Egypt. I'm gonna spend $3,000 for a trip and come back and yay, the most amazing moment of the whole thing was to check things off my <laughs> physical paper list thing that's gonna take actually two seconds. Yeah, you can't go about lists like that, especially if it's fun things like eating an ice cream but when i read that he was like that too at least i felt less alone <laughs> i'm working on it don't worry there's something to be said about that too he was honest he would say things that would make him sound or look so weird and different and he didn't really care what people think he was playing uh, with the mystery around himself and being weird on purpose so 
some of it might not even be true. Some of what he said, he would just, he just wanted to be noticed, basically. But, you know, still, here we are decades later, and it makes me feel a little better, a little less alone. So I, I don't see anything wrong with that. There's something else. I'm not done. <laughs> I hope you enjoy this. You're learning a lot, of, a lot about Andy Warhol, right? Even though I'm comparing him with me. In one of my books that I have about him, he, it says that he didn't invent anything except himself. So nothing he did art-wise was really new or, you know, out there. But the Andy Warhol persona or character is what he created and, and is what was completely new. So his own person was the work of art. And I couldn't agree more. I couldn't find this cooler either. I love it. That's what I want for my life. I want to be a walking work of art. I want to be a fucking masterpiece, like Gabriela Hosey says. I want my life to be the masterpiece of my work as an artist. I don't know why that turns me on so much, but hey, I'll let you live if you let me live. <laughs> you know, and, and do I really need to know why it turns me on that much? It does turn me on. That's what I want. It gets me excited when I think about it or when I read something about it. And I see Andy do it. I see Edie Sedgwick do it. I consider Carrie Bradshaw to be a masterpiece, a walking work of art with all the beautiful outfits. That's what I want. That's just what I want. And anything else is going to be blah, mediocre compared to that. The book also says he wasn't a suffering genius, which I also relate to. I never suffered much in my life, thankfully, you know that's good and there's just no way I could create art from pain there's not enough pain in my past for me to create out of pain so art can be created out of happiness out of good things too and yeah so that's a myth that you have to suffer for your art I don't want to create art from pain anyways because it sucks the myth of the starving artist is bullshit Andy made a lot of money with his art and there's nothing wrong with that, like I said earlier. So I'm all for his non-suffering lack of genius. All for it. Another thing I think we have in common is his indifference. That's a huge, huge contradiction uh, with, you know, I talked earlier about the fact that he loved everything. I related to that too. But for me, the indifference comes from a blend between being highly sensitive and the feeling of having seen it all. I hope I'm explaining this well. Nothing surprises me anymore. That's the indifference. I'm not actually indifferent to beauty or talent or my fellow human suffering, but I'm not surprised anymore. So I might not react as much as you think I should. I'd say he was quite the visionary and I don't know if that's something I am but maybe my lack of surprise comes from being able to guess a lot of unsaid things I don't need much information to grasp a concept my imagination fills in the blank and I'm usually quite right that's why I used to <laughs> I used to be really good at exams and tests at school without even studying the answers to me were often in the questions Uh, I don't know if anyone can relate to this, probably. That's what I'm realizing is <laughs> anyone can relate to anyone, right? I can relate to Andy Warhol. He often looked indifferent and insensitive is often what people say about him. Like the whole Edith Sedgwick thing, she 
died and in the movie Factory Girl they made him look like he didn't care about it like he barely knew her but they were super close that's not awesome about him I don't know how much is true I don't think he didn't care about Edie at all I think he was really shocked <laughs> but he wouldn't show it I don't know if his indifference comes from the same thing as me I don't think it came from he might have been a little on the sociopath side I'm just guessing something here. No idea. But yeah, for me, the indifference comes from, like I said, I'm able to guess a lot of unsaid things. So I don't need to, for example, do a lot of research on war or rape or these horrible things to fill in the blanks. So you're going to talk to me about one of these subjects and I won't be like flabbergasted. Like I never knew that that existed ever in the world. I won't be debating and going over it super dramatic conversation debate I'm, I'm not gonna make a fuss because it's there and there's nothing I can do about it and I know already Andy also was indifferent I think it's because he was living in his own world in his own head I think he was always ahead future tripping you know in the future in his head he knows nothing is new so nothing is as scandalous as people think it's just life some things are sad unfortunately but it's is it scandalous most people i find are somewhere in the middle they care but not really they'll be outraged by something sometimes it doesn't even concern them and they'll voice it out loud and then they'll get on with their lives and do nothing about it That's what bugs me. It's the drama and the not doing nothing about it. It's the not even at all awesome conversation we're having where you're outraged and it's pointless. I mean, I sometimes do that. I complain a lot about something, but I think I usually do something about it in the end. I might waste time complaining, but I don't just move on and keep doing it sometimes it's you know recycling or something you know the environment making sure you leave a clean environment when you die <laughs> some people are gonna be outraged and like go on about it and keep living their lives like not caring my point would be don't look so surprised what where have you been <laughs> how come you don't know these things why are you so outraged and scandalized If you really care, you can talk about it and do something. Yeah, I guess I don't like overdramatic people. And Andy was always super calm, smiley, in a good mood, pleasant. And he changed the world. You know, see my point? <laughs> you don't need to be kicking and screaming. You just have to do something about it. Just do your thing. Make the world better do whatever you want also as long as it doesn't hurt anyone and yeah share your message share what you're what you care about in a calm way you can do that and yeah and if you don't really care about it just don't bother yeah be indifferent like Andy Warhol and do your thing and care about the things that you do care about and don't be so nothing is never really new what are you acting so surprised for <laughs> he also used to say it really doesn't matter People should think less, you know? It's interesting. Yeah, we overthink and over-dramatize a lot of things. I would also add 
don't take yourself so seriously go walk on grass or something <laughs> so if you like this episode follow gg inspired lifestyle on instagram and facebook follow the podcast as well leave a review if you feel like it that'd be super nice actually and i would also love to hear from you is this an artist that speaks to your soul too have you gone through an analysis of a favorite artist of yours lately contact me on instagram comment under the episode on substack or reply to one of my emails and let me know otherwise as i'm recording this i just dropped the tickets for the all-inclusive gg experience an in-person retreat where we'll live like gilmore girls and enjoy small town charm for a whole weekend It's scheduled to happen from December 14 to 17 in Unionville, Canada. That's where they shot the Gilmore Girls pilot. You can find the whole schedule and all the info you need at the link in the podcast description. That's it for me, cutie pie. I'll talk to you very soon for another episode. Okay, bye!